Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest Colette Parak who is working as the HR management partner at VMware. Hi Colette, thank you for coming and joining us today. Hi, the pleasure is mine and thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Happy to be here. <laughs> That's great. So just to give our listeners a bit of context, could you please share your life journey so far? Sure. So yeah, I I am actually a small town person, born and brought up, born in Sholapur, raised in, in northern Karnataka, studied in a small town, went across to different cities uh, to complete my education. So I completed my plus two in Mysore, came back to Maharashtra, uh, did my grad, post-grad there, and then moved to Bangalore for a job way back in 1998. So it's uh, been a very interesting journey of be staying in different cities, uh, being able to adapt to different cultures, learn languages. Also, to, through my childhood, I lived in a very multicultural uh, township, which allowed us to understand different cultures so well and be blended in so well. So I guess getting in, getting in from there into a role in HR was something which I felt was very natural in a way, uh, because uh, uh, you know, HR is all about people, right? So that uh, helped me somehow, it somehow became my natural career, although my uh, my background is actually in uh, in a graduation in electronics and okay. a marketing degree. <laughs> Sorry, my MBA is in marketing and uh, finance. And then when I came to Bangalore, I did a few sales jobs for about six months and then walked into a recruitment agency to give my resume and I got recruited there. And that's how my journey in HR uh, began. And somehow it felt like all the stars blended together that that was the that was the journey I was supposed to take in my career. So I started as a recruitment person on the other side of the table, talking to people, uh, you know, uh, you know, interviewing them and then uh, trying to match positions in companies. And then finally, I got uh, selected to work for a software company in in Chennai. Where, which is HCL, and that's how I began began my corporate journey uh, way back in two thousand. What do I say? Two thousand one or so, and from there I worked for companies like Satyam. Uh, then joined G in Bangalore, moved back from Chennai to Bangalore. Did an outstanding role there. Uh, I would feel because it was a it was an extremely good exposure. I worked for an R and D setup. Got a lot of exposure to working with international leaders. So my stint was uh, really valued as well as got a chance to work with some of the best brains because I worked in the R&D and we hired not computer uh, computer science guys, but we hired people from various degrees and backgrounds, whether it was mechanical engineering, aeronautical, material science, chemical, chemistry, chemical engineers. Also got a chance to lead the entire university relations uh, for the John F. Welch Technology Center, where we actually got into setting up the model 
for how, how to hire internships, set a set process in place. Did good stuff. Did a small stint in Australia. Was supposed to settle down there, but uh, didn't work out and got offered a job in Oracle in India to do their uh, university relations. So I came back, worked with them. And uh, I went where some of my business leaders went. So some of them joined Siemens. I ended up in Siemens for a very long time. I spent more than a decade there, uh, about 12 years. That's where my HR managing business partner role actually started. So it it was like as though uh, my progression was was just automatically happening in the way I wanted it to be and uh, spent good 12 years there, worked through uh, integration of a company, carving out of a company, laid down processes in HR. And uh, today, I it's been about 10 months that I've been in VMware and in a very different role, more like a coaching role. Uh, where we work with leaders uh, in uh, thought thought thinking and you know uh, journeying with them in 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 helping them to partner with their employees and uh, and their leaders. So that's that's in summary what my journey has been so far, and I and I'm only really looking forward to see what what it unfolds for me in the years to come. That's wonderful. So from growing up, you had such a diverse experience, also meeting up so many new people and also working in the corporate field for so many years. And, you know, just continuing with that smile of yours. That's wonderful. So the HR role is a driving force for many important business decisions, right? So what were the most challenging decisions you had to make and take a stance forward throughout your career and kind of that taught you a very valuable skills and lessons that you, you still, you know, follow? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, HR, uh, when we talk about HR, sometimes I feel that the description is very archaic. Sometimes I feel we need to give it a different name in the sense that, you know, because it has so much to do with enabling business leaders, nurturing talent, uh, you know, creating talent management paths, working through leadership styles. So, uh, you know, the role as an HR professional actually gives a very deep view of how decisions are shaped for an organization to move to the next step. And uh, the challenging ones were not only those where I had to make a decision, uh, but also enable leaders to make those decisions. So there are two different things here. You know, one is my own self-decision. But then, you know, uh, being an enabler to help leaders take those decisions with you being just one of those, you know, road, uh, road maneuverers. So uh, it's, it's not easy. So if I had to give you an example of situations where, where I had a challenge and, and how I took it in my stride was when I joined Siemens, right? I was a recruitment person. I, I really only observed uh, HR managers uh, do, you know, business partnering with leaders. It was never, it, I mean, I would look at it and I would say, wow, that, that role really looks nice and very interesting. But then when I really got to do it, uh, when I joined Siemens, it was not, it, it had a lot of, uh, it had a lot of uh, things that I had to learn, unlearn, start from scratch. And I was supposed to uh, grow, uh, grow a research team within Siemens, which was, not the usual Siemens hiring that we did. So it was similar to the one that I did in GE. So it was a lot of challenge, you know, guiding managers to assess potential hires for attitude and not skills because we were we were a team that were actually focusing on building a R&D team. So, uh, you know, uh, and that was not easy because you join in, people don't know you. There are some who have been in the organization for so long. 
So, you know, making sure that uh, you are not forcing your ideas, but then just, you know, guiding them through how they are maneuvering through their decisions on how to assess potential, then uh, re-establishing all the university relationships because not all the hires could be got through through the market. So we had to use university hiring, starting the entire university hiring from scratch again in Siemens, uh, in the research team, then making uh, making it sustainable in terms of like, you know, when you go once, how do you make the feeling of that campus uh, hire uh, who goes back after his or her internship back to college and talk about the experience that they had. So doing that, creating uh, creating a feeling of, you know, longingness of wanting to work for a company in the R&D space in Siemens was something. So employees acting as ambassadors for the alumni that they belong to, using that to promote the organization. So yeah, those uh, those were some of the challenges uh, that I had to make. And the other side, uh, when it comes to the leaders part in terms, in terms of how to enable me- leaders, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, performance management, especially, especially when you're in a, in a table, on a round table, being, having a seat at the table, asking the right questions, talking about how, how, how managers have thought about their contingency planning in terms of how succession planning happens. How does one look into their, fa- uh, into fast tracking their high potentials? How do we create a culture, a common culture when we are merging? Like say, when through my fifth or sixth year of Siemens, uh, we were we were actually going to be uh, separating from the original Siemens company and we were going to be verticalized. So how do we bring in the sales and marketing organization, which was part of another team of healthcare, to a common healthcare entity? The, the cultures were very different. Even though we were same Siemens, it was very different. Bringing in a team, being part of a team that brought the teams together to think about common processes, common policies, uh, getting them to align and then building up a whole new culture as a separate vertical, which was a separate company afterwards in in India for Siemens and and the worldwide, of course. But my role was more for the India Siemens healthcare. That was was really tough because we had to work through uh, leaders, convince them, give them enough background and uh, reasons as to why it's important and things like that. So for me, the valuable lessons that I learned from all of this was listening. You know, listening is such a key aspect uh, of communication and making sure that we are doing the I am doing the right thing, not really expediting things. And then sometimes I also remember, you know, the serenity prayer. I don't know if you're aware of the serenity prayer. I do. I do say it every day, even today, just for peace and calm and making sure that, you know, there's that when I'm engaging with my leaders, there's always some thought going into it. I'm listening to listen and not only for the sake of listening. So, yeah, I mean. That's wonderful. The fact that you prioritize listening so much and you give value to that element, which is really great. I think listening has so much benefits, not just for the other person as for you. You kind of put your intentions into it and it kind of adds value to your life as well. So that's amazing. So with the changing job demands and the skill set required for the upcoming trends, what is the ideal way you think is to support employee growth and the development for future goals? Yeah. See, I think today we are living in a very VUCA world, if you've heard the word. Yeah. And uh, everything is high. Most companies have moved to hybrid post the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and people have gotten so used to it. You can't really, I mean, across many organizations, they are, they have a way of life. They 
uh, employees are are so much uh, wanting to have that model offered to them so that you know they can space out given all the other you know external factors which which lead to them wanting this kind of a hybrid hybrid environment Absolutely. so when you look at it from that perspective it really becomes hard as an organization to manage the manage productivity manage learning manage trainings and stuff like that but if you look at it from a from a personal question from a from a question point that you ma- mentioned mm-hmm. growth growth can be very personal right right and it is very individual in nature so one when one has aspirations it has two aspects to it one is uh, how am i what is my next as an individual as an employee what what does the employee have as an aspiration how does it tie in with the organizational context what are the what are the things that the manager and the employee have discussed in terms of what would it take for for that person to get to the next role you know and how how is the person's interest is it just only the manager who's probably pushing for this or is the is the employee equally interested so see there are times when when employees come back uh, to you and say that you know i i don't see any growth for me but when you ha- but when you when you look at it and evaluate it all it has to be a, like a two way process you you can't have just only the manager interest having having interest in the employee growing but the employee needs to be equally bought into the whole thing right. so while the organization can really foster growth uh, for an employee to learn new things and stay updated it's also the the individual who has to be totally vested in it and from an organization standpoint today we have opportunities uh, i mean in my own organization that i have we have several opportunities we have a good learning hub inside the organization that has catering to several technical training sites that allow you to do quick upskilling right and right. Uh, and allow you to get to the next level there is also there are also programs that companies offer where if you're interested to do like a further studies the company sponsors right there is a certain setup amount that the company sponsors and helps you you know navigate through that aspiration that one has but in terms of future roles when you're when you're looking at it from a hybrid space work workspace what the organization in my role offers is coaching uh, mentoring a lot of job rotations because i think that is where the true learning begins if you're aspiring for the next role so a lot of us a lot of companies and it's not just one company today most companies have adopted this practice of job rotations uh, job shadowing so that employee can use it to identify their own calling and then take a call because sometimes uh, from the outside a particular role like say for example a person who's an individual contributor role he's uh, he or she is very you know very curious to know what the manager's role is so you when you do a job shadowing it gives them a real a uh, real insight into how easy or tough the role is and also gives an insight to the employee am i really ready for this role at this point in time or am i happy being an expert in that role so in a hybrid context what 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 role it plays is first of all the constant communication which is quite daunting for both the employee and the manager but it mm-hmm. that's, that's one way or the the other way is like where we have people come once or twice a week where these conversations can happen in person and then offerings are being made and then see today most organizations also will want to give their employees who are doing really well a space of freedom 
to to do what they are passionate about apart from the regular work that they do so we have hackathons we have uh, you know participation in forums where an employee can go present and things like that so i'm not sure if i fully answered your question but the changing do- job demands is basically what i meant to say from all this is that we are providing enough opportunities for ma- employees to upskill because of the fact that we have the ais coming in multiple numbers by way of chat gpts and the, and and the likes so you know upskilling our employees has been uh, one way and the best way is provide them a learning which is so self sufficient that they can go anytime anywhere and you know just log in and you know get get whatever trainings or certifications they want that's amazing i mean i would honestly agree the fact that right now the the shift that has been taken place like in the work the workplaces we've seen how it went from being offline to completely hybrid and people have preferences now but that also does give them the option to work a lot more better for themselves upgrade and upskill themselves and adapt a lot to the changes right so it's yeah. a both a win win situation for the organization and for your personal growth as well in so fact, sorry yeah in fact in the during the pandemic a lot of employees were able to upskill themselves largely because they reduced their commute time right so exactly <laughs> so a lot of them really did a lot of them used it to their uh, to their advantage you know and hmm. uh, that made it easier for us to promote uh, learning platforms which would make it easy for them to you know you can click do yeah. some do your work and at a at a time when you have some more time you just go back there continue your learning and you know get get up skilled true absolutely So any last suggestions tips or tricks you'd like to give to our lovely listeners yeah i mean so so basically as you know i i am someone who's really passionate for me it's always been about reinventing myself mm-hmm. uh, i also i also feel and people have told me this that i'm i really work hard to get to wherever i want to and generally i'm a very determined and goal oriented person and i have the ability to have this people connect and i told you right the, i think the people connect was inherently from the kind of environment that i grew in which made it very comfortable for me to to get anyone to feel comfortable to share whatever they would like with me even in the in the context of a conversation in office where somebody would probably think twice to say something right so right. from that perspective that's me like like i mentioned and i'm reminded of a, uh, of maya angelo who said this that uh, my mission in life is not merely to survive but to thrive and to do so with some passion some compassion some humor and some style so for me uh, you know if i connected to the statement that i said before about how i describe myself i think this quote uh, really you know resonates with me mm-hmm. and the other thing that i feel for youngsters when when they're looking at being very aspirational and career career ambitious i think one thing that is very important and that that i have learned through my entire journey is there is no stopping to learning deep understanding when you get into working with any organization understanding business is very important how the business makes money the ability to be empathetic but at the same time also learn to give good news give good news bad news and and you know we also know that medicine is bitter but it's good for health so from an organizational context this is another learning that i feel 
has really you know kind of worked for me and another thing is like you know when uh, when you when you're having discussions with leaders i think the most important part is not about how good the presentation is it's about how well you have weaved it into a form of storytelling which actually makes people remember what has been said rather than what the presentation looked like so people remember stories and so when when you when you're in the midst of a conversation you know as as me or anyone else who's listening to this they should know that you know it's about how you how you present whatever you're talking about whether it anything whether it's a new policy whether it's a new proposal that you want to share it's all about how you weave in that story and you know when you know, put put a winning pitch uh, in a in a matter of speaking yeah and the other thing is that sitting in a cabin will never give you what the pulse is on the ground i think what has also worked for me is moving across the floor just saying a hi to someone uh, you know observing all these things you know add to your ability to sense the 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 feeling on the ground because after all employees are the core of anything right and Hmm. i i believe that and like they say right the god is in the details so losing touch with the ground reality is something also which i would think is a good tip for anyone who wants you know to be excelling at whatever they do not necessarily in hr and when i was on my solo trip to sikkim yeah i saw something on a board which i think i should share uh, it said always remember your unique just like everyone else that's so and yeah and and lastly you know without taking too much of whatever i on my first skydiving jump uh, my instructor told me those who don't jump will never fly okay so, yeah, so that makes sense i mean you have to take the leap right <laughs> yes yes if you don't i mean you wouldn't know you wouldn't know <laughs> when you do when you do that you then you can go places i mean yeah exactly so you learn a lot from that leap you know it's a big journey it's a big start of your own chapter in life yes so that sky is a limit yes yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of great advice and amazing content for our lovely listeners so this brings us to the end of the podcast thank you so much colet for your lovely time and the wealth of knowledge you've shared with us thank you so much thank you i'm glad i hope it it resonates with people absolutely so